You're listening to Borderline Idealist. Join us every Sunday for new episodes where we focus on introverts, highly sensitive people, and mental health. Log on to BorderlineIdealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and to find ways to support us. Together, we can give a voice to introverts and tear down mental health stigma. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Borderline Idealist. It's AJ. And this is Chris. Welcome to another Sunday episode. I was going to say that, Chris. (laughs) You knew I was going to say welcome to another Sunday episode. I felt like I'd say it better. (laughs) This Sunday, we're going to be talking about a topic, um, something that I've been going through personally this this week or a little bit longer than, than a week, and it's depression or... Uh, more specifically, uh, major depression. More crippling depression. Yeah, crippling depression. Uh, depression that makes it so you you have low energy, you can't get out of bed, just feeling really, really down. And I was going to read the definition for depression really fast. Yes, we may have a few listeners that don't know what it is. Or maybe I'm not really aware of the right definition. So, depression is a mental disorder characterized by at least two weeks of low mood that is present across most situations. It is often accompanied by low self-esteem, loss of interest in normally enjoyable activities, low energy, and pain without a clear cause. Yep, that's me. (laughs) so especially this week i've had very low energy it's been hard for me to get out of bed and do do anything um i would say over the past year there's been a couple of weeks like this yeah where it's been really tough on both of us and bad enough especially for you and getting the most basic things done on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, the main problem is finding motivation for the things that you want to do. Motivation to go take a shower, or brush your teeth, or make something to eat, or even watch TV, or play with my cats, or to write. I love to write, but... I just lose all creativity and interest in that stuff when I'm depressed. And like Chris says, it comes and goes, but I've noticed that in the past, maybe like week and a half, but especially this week, just laying in bed, sleeping at least 20 hours a day, I want to say, like just, just on and off, just... It, it, I, I told Chris that I sleep so much it hurts to sleep. Like, I don't want to sleep anymore, but I feel like I don't have anything to con- contribute or I don't feel like I'm I'm motivated or, enough or happy enough to get out of the bed and actually do something. So how do you think, how would you say um, this depression begins? Where Where does it come from? Um, it comes out of nowhere. 
I want to say. I mean, I take medication for depression and anxiety. Yeah. And depression do you, just... Do you feel like it helps? It, it does help. I, I feel like I'm doing a lot better. I don't have a lot of um, suicidal thinking, which I used to have way a, a lot of. Um, but I, I feel like the medicine does help. But sometimes just situations or... I was even doing some research. Sometimes the weather can affect your mood. The weather has been really crappy lately. We're So we're located in a little bit of North North Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and if you're from around here, <laughs> we actually had a, a listener reach out to us recently who is located here in Atlanta as well. Um, do you recall the name? Uh, Brittany, I believe. Hi, Brittany. Thank you for listening. <laughs> um, yeah, so and if you're from around here, you've realized that, and I think a lot of over here on the East Coast, we've been getting a lot of really crappy weather. Georgia has been getting a lot of rain. It's been raining almost nonstop. And even I can feel it too, going to work, waking up in the morning and seeing nothing but dark gray skies, coming home, dark gray skies, and then dark of night. <laughs> Ick, I, I I do know that definitely weather and the environment can have an effect on your mood. Yeah, there's seasonal depression yeah. that, from, from my research, I believe it comes from a lack of sunlight. Yeah. And my especially friend, in the winter, you experience that. I have a friend who's especially uh, acute to, to the weather changes. Yeah, I was wondering if that's what's going on with me because I'm... I go in and out of depression, but it's it's this been week pretty. Has, this week has been, I think, more than usual, harder on you than usual, and it's. Uh, I think it's, it is a combination of things. Um, how would you? I'm wondering how how would you describe to people what it feels like to be depressed, because a lot of times, you know, it's for especially for caregivers or people who are around others who have depression or deal with mental illness it's hard to understand and to comprehend what people are going through and even for me which i'm more aware of what you're going through it's still hard to wrap my head around everything and really put myself in your shoes directly you know and as much as i would like to try to understand and comprehend and relate i can't always do that and especially uh, when it goes on for so long, it can become really frustrating on various levels. So how would you say it feels? How would you describe it, it to help somebody understand it better? It feels like more than than sadness. For me, it feels like sadness about nothing in particular. Like, I'm just lacking energy to do the basic things that I I really want to do and I just sit there and I cry because I don't understand why I'm feeling this way and there's been a lot of crying yeah <laughs> and a lot of times people will be like oh just go do this activity go do that try to do this change it up and do that and you're just like wait where do I get the motivation to do you know to to do anything you know just take one step which is very important. You have to take one step and and then take another. But it's just, the first step is just the hardest. The first step is always the hardest. And that's something that we've discussed about. 
just us uh, on our own, but also you hear from your doc, your psychologist and your psychiatrist as well. Yeah, they tell me that I need to exercise or <laughs> that I need to. And I, I don't want to leave the house sometimes. Like, I just feel so bad. I don't want to leave the house. So what I've been trying to do is um, sometimes I'll, I'll be laying down in the bed. I'm like, okay, I'll do five push-ups in the bed, you know, or I'll, I'll <laughs> walk down our, our stairs to the front door and then walk back up and I'll do that maybe like five times or I'll, I'll try to do something small. And to me, that feels like a big step. I don't know. I don't know, Chris, if that feels, if that sounds like to you that I'm actually, cause I, I've told Chris, I'm going to walk, walk around the neighborhood but that seems huge to me. Like, I'm just... Last time I went walking, my legs were burning, and I was so miserable. I was just like, uh-uh. I got I'm not it. doing that again. I got it. <laughs> Instead of walking down around the neighborhood, you could just walk down to the recycling center and throw away our recyclables. Okay, for well... our trash. That sounds exciting. Yay! <laughs> but, like I said, small steps at a time, okay? Yeah. But seriously, I have... And that's something that we that you've mentioned to me, that how hard it is to just take that one step. Because I feel like, and of course, I'm not a psychologist. And though I have dealt with depression in the past, it's not the same. I don't know how to equivocate the crippling depression that you may feel like, or many others may feel like. Whereas to, I feel similarly that as you have to take one step at a time. And... It's kind of like a child learning to walk or run, how it kind of just becomes a something that you have to force yourself to do, that step followed by another step. But then after a while, even though it's hard and it can be really, really tough to take that first step, it's something that becomes a pattern or some it becomes a repetition, sort of. And... And I feel like that's where a lot of people may get stuck or they can't take that first step that would lead them to the second and third that would ultimately leave, lead to a routine. Well, I I spend a lot of time thinking about how am I supposed to do this or how am I supposed to do this, you know, instead of trying to do it or attempting to do it, I have... I think there's a a big fear of failure, like, well, I'm going to start doing it, but then I'm going to give up, or I'm going to start doing it, I'm not going to do it the right way, or what's the point? So it, it's, it's very tough to take those first steps, but I'm really, uh, I think it's, it would be really important to let people know how it affects your loved ones, because when I was depressed, staying in the bed, Chris would go off to work and kiss me goodbye, and I would just say bye, and just playing dead in the bed, just not moving, and we got in a little, I don't know if it was a fight, but we got in a little dispute, because he was talking to me, and he was like, you don't know how this affects me, and I realized I really hadn't thought about how it was affecting him, I thought it was only affecting me. Can you talk about that a little bit, Chris? Like how my depression affected you at home and at work? Maybe things that I I didn't really see? Yeah, I, 
and this is something that maybe not a well of course obviously people that are dealing with depression they can't really think about other people as much because they're dealing with their own self-preservation or their own self-healing right so that's can be understandable but even other people who are maybe family members may not always be attuned to it as well is that it does take a lot to be a caregiver especially for someone with mental illness because there's so many ups and downs like we've before this week or two of really bad depression you were pretty well you were doing normal things you were um it seemed like you were getting progressively better you were excited about moving and starting a job and there were so many things that were going on that just made you really excited and, and ambitious for and like you could see the the fire in your eye almost you know and then all of a sudden you just come crashing down and it's tough because it's like it's it's a person who loves you you hate to see the people that you love feeling down and beating themselves up and you want to all, all I want to do is like just cradle you in my arms and hold you and and kiss you and hug you yeah chris thinks if and... he if he hugs and kisses me then he makes everything better like he has some magical power <laughs> he's just like you're better now <laughs> well there is science there's scientific and i'm like get off of me there are... i want to feel bad <laughs> there are scientific um studies that say that yes touching is we require it i think i believe it was about 29 touches physical contact a day for us to feel uh have a good sense um good balance in our our lives we we are creatures you know we are physical creatures we do require touch and those small touches even if it's just a brush on the hand a kiss a hand on the back or something like just small little things all of those sh- show Affection. Uh, affection. Yeah, there's a lot of Attention, different. Like there's a care. lot of different subtle things that go on with mm-hmm. just physical touch. So I do believe that physical touch does help, but that's beside the point. So, <laughs> uh, so I always, you know, I just I hate seeing people that I love hurting, and I think that's the case for most people. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is that you feel so helpless. You know, all you want to do is like for me. I just want okay. I just want to give you an itinerary. Here's what you need to do, uh, and you have this. Like, I just want to plan your whole life, and you just follow it until you are feel able better. to plan your own things. Yeah, and feel better once you get into. I feel like once you get into the groove of things, you'll be able to, you know, take off on your own and make your own plans and all of this. So it's it's really hard because you feel you feel. Like you have no power or no control over things, and you don't. Um, and and then the other thing too is that you know uh, it affects you mentally as well. You know, seeing someone going through this period of their lives where they're hurting so much, you know, you you know that they're in the bathroom crying when they say they're going to go take a shower, that just you know, kills you inside. And going off to work, knowing that they're at bed and in bed, feeling really crappy and sad and lonely, and then you have to carry that around with you all day, and then you come home to it at night, and it starts taking a toll on someone, I think, mentally. Mm -hmm. And then especially when 
things go from bad to worse. And like at one point we did have that one argument in the middle of the week. It was really hard for me to let go of it at work. Like whenever I'm at work, I'm thinking about you all the time. No, mm-hmm. if you're how you're feeling, if you're if you're doing if you've eaten anything, if you're at least out of the bed, and I want to talk to you and I want to call you and text you, but at the same time, I don't want to feel like I'm just this person hovering over you, nagging you to do this or that, because then that'll just make you feel worse. So <laughs> it's a really hard line to walk, and and kind of helping you guide you and then feeling you making uh helping you feel better but at the same time giving you enough space for you to do things on your own at your own pace and you were telling me that at work people could tell something was going on with you by looking at your face and that yeah, you felt like that was like almost crying that was like on thursday wednesday or thursday where that uh the day after we had that really big argument and i just felt so bad and helpless and I knew you were hurting so much, but nothing I was doing was helping you. And everything that I was doing that I was thinking would help you was it was doing the opposite. I think you would feeling that I was not being very helpful at all. So the next day when I was at work, yeah, I felt horrible. I didn't get any sleep. Um, I was up all night. And so I was just tired mentally drained emotionally drained and you know usually if i think most people are like if even if you have a bad day at home or something you have a fight you get to work it's a professional setting you know you put on your face you put on your happy face and you're always smiling and also and for me at work i don't like to bring my baggage at work oh you think you think people just leave their baggage at home not everybody but um, i like to do i've worked with people that are just in a bad mood and you know people are just like that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i don't like this morning i don't like to be that person you know at work i like to have my own i I like to keep my problems at home if i if i can help it i think everyone does yeah but not everybody can do that it's difficult so yeah this this past week i wasn't able to do that i just i just did not have the energy to even pretend at work to just put on you know my regular face my, my smiley face and and say hi to everyone cheerfully and even my and I, and that's the thing about that's the whole the bad thing about being that person that when you don't feel like being that person it's obviously noticeable to everybody because like my coworker would say what's wrong you don't seem like yourself today you're not cheery you're not singing your crazy hymns and <laughs> your 90s songs <laughs> your Backstreet Boys or something. <laughs> and so um, it's really hard to hide that when you don't have the energy or willpower to do it because you're just so drained. And so, and then that only makes it harder, you know, because they're like, are you okay? Do you want to talk? Do you need to talk? This or that? Don't you hate when everybody wants to ask you if you're okay? Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> are so you okay? sweet. Are you okay? It's so sweet you... because... But after the hundredth time, you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it is, it's sweet. But I think for me, it's like, I want to talk about it, but I don't really want to do it at work because I'm mm-hmm. so emotionally vulnerable that... As they were asking me, and I was thinking, okay, maybe I can say something, but no, because if I say anything, I'm just going to start crying. And I just had that in my gut all day. That day was just horrible. 
I had it in my gut. I could feel my tears right behind my eyes. So if anybody like would, you know, ask me one more time and I used to speak, I would just say, I'm fine. I, I was, I would nod and I would just, that was, I think that was probably the most silent I've ever been at work. And you should have wore like a sign around you that says, don't ask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Don't ask. We should make a shirt. <laughs> but in, when you told me about that, I realized how selfish depression can make you because you're only thinking about yourself. Yeah. Cause you're and... under so much pain that a lot of people, that's all they can think mm-hmm. about. And I can understand that. And I felt very bad, but I was very, very frustrated with myself. I was so angry at myself that when you would ask me to do something or would ask me about something, I would blow up at you or just be like, yeah, Chris, it's easy. You know, I can be very sarcastic. I don't know if you guys can tell, but I can be very sarcastic. Okay, I can be a sarcastic asshole. So when Chris asked him, like, yeah, no, it's very easy to do. Yeah, sure, I'll just go and do it. You know, I have all the energy in the world. (laughs) So I'm just killing him and killing myself. And and... my eyes hurt from all the rolling that they do. (laughs) It's it's hard. (laughs) It's my defense mechanism. (laughs) That's what my psychologist tells me. Uh But it, it made me realize, yeah, how how selfish it can make you. And I needed to start thinking a little bit more about what I'm saying to you. But, you know, it's about self-preservation, right? You're trying to take care of yourself. You're trying to get yourself back on your feet. You know, I want to be, I want to have a job and I want to take care of you. And I want to make you happy. And I want to make myself happy also. And just all these responsibilities that I can't fulfill. And that was really just, just frustrating the the crap out of me well that's that's how i feel too because i feel those same frustrations because i mean i can't really have a bad day because if i have a bad day and you're gonna have people down you're gonna have a a horrible day so and it's really hard even just on a regular basis like i'm thinking back you know coming back home after work even when i have good days at work and I, i come home and i'm like okay christian you have to be positive um, if he has been laying in bed all day, don't say anything negative. Just be positive. Try to be cheery. Try to get him up. Um, make him dinner or coffee or something. And then I would do that. And then I would bring it to the bed. And you're like, well, I'm not hungry. I'll eat it later. I'm like, oh, I put all that energy and and love and you know positivity, and then you're not even accepting it. <laughs> I know somebody's listening to this and they're just like, man, divorce that AJ, man. I need somebody like that. <laughs> I know I'm an, I'm a jerk. Like, I just feel, I feel so bad because I, that's not the way I want to be. And I also think that's not the person that I feel like you marry because when, you know, sometimes I'm a, I'm a different person. I'm happy. I'm optimistic. And then I just turn to this pessimistic sad can't do nothing i'm um, i'm what was what's the the podcast called borderline idealist idealist now there's an idea are you trying to make a joke or something <laughs> i don't understand did you just forget for real chris has a no. lot of gray hairs now so <laughs> oh my god <laughs> he looks wow. in the mirror and he's like i have so many gray hairs no i was like I was, I was just mentioning that you how you've been so negative lately and pessimistic pessimistic opposite of i 
well, maybe it's not opposite of idealist, but you know, an idealist yeah, seems to be on the brighter side. Yeah, it seems to be optimistic and try to make things better. Right. So it seems like we've lost a little bit of that idealism. Well, it's still there. And that's why that's, that's why what, I do this podcast, you know. I you, that's what I'm saying. It seems like this week we've lost some. Like, of don't it. you dare say I'm not an <laughs> idealist because Chris would ask me, you know, when I would say I have no motivation, it would be like, "Well, where do you get the motivation to do the podcast?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I just want to make I want to make the world better. You know, I want I want people to know." But, and I think it's also because you know people are listening and are expecting to hear something from you. Yeah, there's an expectation. Now, now there's a repetition. There's expectation. And you want to live up to that. Yeah. And that's why I feel like... But it also makes me feel... It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm I'm doing I, something. Exactly. It because makes me feel Because great. you're hearing feedback. You're seeing results in our, in our uh, stats for the listenings and people reaching out and things like that. So those are the positive feedback that you get from it. And just... So that's sort of like what I've... What we've discussed about um, taking those steps to do something... And then getting a positive feedback, then that'll make you want to do those steps again, and then some different steps that will give you more pot. So I think that's the goal for step by step programs, where you do a step and you get a positive feedback. Say for example, I get home, and you're like, "Hey baby, I did the dishes." I'm like, "Oh wow, wonderful! Thank you so much. I love you," and I shower you with love, and um, then you know you you're like, "Oh, I like that." Do I? And then you'll do something else. Hey, baby, I folded all the clothes. Oh, my God. I love you so much. Take off all your clothes right now. All now, right. <laughs> you know I'm not folding the clothes. I'll do the dishes, but I won't fold the clothes. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we don't want him folding clothes, guys. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, just having that that positivity. You know, if you put something out there, if you work something hard, if you work hard at something... And you put that positivity out there, it's good to have it come back to you mm-hmm. because then you feel like, you know, you're actually getting something done. Yeah. And I feel like I do that every time you do something, you know, like do dishes or vacuum or something like that. I always thank you and I, I try to be consistent with that in, in showing you love and appreciation for it. Well, one thing you try to do when you leave is tell me to do certain things like like wash the dishes or put mm-hmm. the laundry in the washing machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. No, most of the time is okay, sure. But it's, <laughs> but sometimes I don't have the energy to do yeah. it. But on on Saturday I did. Mm-hmm. Um, when you said wash the dishes and do the laundry, I I did the dishes. Okay, I didn't yep, do yep. the laundry. Yep. But it made you happy that I did the dishes, yes, and it, it made was. me it made me happy too because I was just like, "Wow, I'm so proud of myself because I actually got out of the bed and I actually put my hands in disgusting dishwater, <laughs> full of nasty food and crap." And okay, it's not that nasty. Yes, it is. Let me describe this. Okay, it's Shut tough. Up. <laughs> this is tough. You know, but it just just be able to do it. And then when you came home, you're like, "Hey, did you do this?" I'm like, "Well, I did this." Um, but let me, let me try to work on this a little bit longer. Let me have a little bit more time to work on, mm-hmm. on that. So it's good to, um, when talk about, you know, what, what can your family do to help you through depression? I think it's good if they give you small tasks to do, mm-hmm. but don't get mad if you can't complete everything because just 
you know, if Chris could, he would give me a, a list of a thousand things to oh, do. It's ready. It's ready. Yeah, he would give me a list of a million, <laughs> thousand, quadrillion, quadrillion. Well, there's, uh, if, if anybody, you know, if anybody is a home take, uh, what do you call it? Homemaker? A homemaker. You know, there's always tons of things to do around the house. <laughs> and I remember when I was younger and I would, you know, I would want to sleep in in the weekends and my mom's like, you know, get up, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I don't have anything to do. It's the weekend. She's like, oh, you don't have anything to do? Here's oh, a list. That's, that's <laughs> the wrong thing to say. I never said that to my parents. I have nothing to do. I'm like, okay. I just say, okay. And just walk around like I'm a zombie until they go back downstairs. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> okay. I'm just walking around, cleaning up my room. But um, yeah, there's always a lot of things to do. Yeah, but, you know... And that's what's frustrating when you say, I don't know, there's nothing for me to do. I'm like, I'm looking around, and I see everywhere I look, there's something to do. Okay, Chris. <laughs> Jeez. Or, um, what what else do you think that family can do to help people through depression? If you're living with somebody that's going through, through depression... One, one other thing I will say is, it's very important that you concentrate on the... Uh, being emotion emotionally supportive to the person, mm. giving them positive emotions and plenty of love and touch and just being around them, mm-hmm. because and that can be one mm-hmm. of the hardest things to do or more more frustrating. And I don't think it's hard for them to give you love. I think it's frustrating. It can be frustrating for family members or loved ones to well, you have to be patient to constantly give you that. <laughs> validation maybe Mm -hmm. that you need and love and attention when you know say for example they ask you to do something which they feel would help you get better and then you don't do it and they're like well you know i i'm trying to help you but you're not helping me help you and and that and even just as an unregular terms it can be really hard for anybody to stay positive all the time you know people in their own individual lives have ups and downs of their own Mm -hmm. so then having to turn it up to 110 for somebody who's really down it can be hard and i don't think i think uh that's when if you are if you have someone to help you if you have multiple people you know if it's this is really requires a lot of help from everybody you know and this is when i'm really thankful for your sister and your other family members who are able to talk to you and you're able to talk to spend some time with like i i really like that uh, we live close enough to your sister where you can go to her house every once in a while especially when you don't feel well because she provides a little buffer even within us where i don't always have to be that the person who's always um, having to to try to be that positive, bright, warm light that you need and that you really do require, but it it can be really draining on on others as well. So I think, um, you know, definitely a lot of time and and what's that word, patience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, trying to be positive. I think yes. Um, giving tasks small tasks something that can be achievable or at the same time like we've discussed with your doctors as well as you know it doesn't have to be uh completed that same day or that same hour you know you can do something for five minutes and then take a break um what is the other thing 
I think also it's important for family members or loved ones to take care of themselves and have a little bit of alone time or self time to reflect and kind of concentrate and heal themselves. I I'm fortunate that I have that at work. I feel like that's my time for myself when I'm at work. I do try to concentrate on my work and be in the moment there. Even though it's hard for me sometimes, especially when you're having really bad depression days. Because uh, I'm always thinking about you and how you're doing. But I feel like at least the other people around there provide a little buffer where they can distract me. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because I work in a really um, high demanding work area where there's a lot of quick deadlines. And I'm always having concentrate here on this and, and that. So to me, that provides me a little bit with it. And it can be stressful, but... I think it does help me um, provide a little bit of a buffer between home and 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 the other stuff. And the the last thing I'll say before we go is, if you are the the person that's depressed and you have people that are, um, you're lucky enough to have people that are, are around you that that love you and are supporting you and trying their best to understand. It's very important that you you thank them and that you let them know that you appreciate everything that they that they do. And Chris, I appreciate everything that you do for me because you know, I I know I'm wow, I know I'm a lot. That's the first time I've heard those words. You're oh a liar. Gosh, thank you. You're a liar. <laughs> I'm just doing it on air. But I know that you do a lot for me and uh, you know, some things that I can't even do for myself sometimes, but it's just important to say thank you. So thank you, and I love you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Give me a kiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kisses. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's time to retire. So we'll see you next Sunday. It's AJ. And this is Chris. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any thoughts or comments or suggestions, feel free to send us a message borderlineidealist.com or you can reach us through Facebook as well. And if you are in the vicinity of iTunes, don't forget to leave us a positive review. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, It's a really great way to help support the podcast and let more people know about it. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Take care. See you next Sunday. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Follow us on our Facebook group and Instagram for more behind the scenes. If you like the episode, why not help AJ and Chris reach more people and leave an iTunes review to help others discover the podcast. Together, we can defeat mental health stigma.